you are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's another Friday and it's another edition of Locked On NFL Podcast with your boy Q and myself, Bo Brock. And Thursday Night Football, let me tell you this right out of the gates, Q. It took chicken crap and made chicken salad out of it. It was an entertaining game. We're going to break it all down right here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. Let me tell you this. This season of NFL football, you can get your football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay the entire game and catch all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can run back Thursday night football, or if you missed it, just watch it in just 45 minutes, under an hour. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass and start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Football never stops here on the Lockdown NFL Podcast your boy Q, Bo Brock. I cover the Arizona Cardinals on a daily basis. Check out my podcast, Locked on Cardinals. And then also check out one of the most listened to podcasts in the country, your boy Q and the Locked on Raiders. Q, both of us a different week this week because the teams we covered finally lost. Uh, <laughs> right. Vegas, they're staring down the undefeated Buffalo Bills on Sunday. What are your thoughts, man? Uh, it's going to be an interesting game, man. It really is. Uh, excited about it, you know. And, and you know, uh, and, and as a matter of fact, when a team loses, the best thing for them is to get back on the field and play another game. And uh, the Raiders suffered a, a pretty bad loss to the Patriots, especially uh, in the second half of the game, really got away from them. But uh, I think that it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, the Bills are really good, like you mentioned, three and zero on the season. Josh Allen's getting a lot of MVP conversations, so uh, it's going to be a tough game at Allegiant Stadium with no fans on Sunday. But I'm excited about it excited about the opportunity and think it's a game that the Raiders really need to le- a win because uh, next week they got the Kansas City Chiefs and then they got a bye. So uh, it'd be nice to pick up a victory before you head to Kansas City. But we'll see how it all goes. How about Arizona? How about them bouncing back? Yeah, Kyler Murray, three picks and the loss to the Lions last year. They get a little bit of an easier opportunity to bounce back. They're taking on the one-win Panthers. I expect a better performance from Kyler Murray in this offense against a pretty bad Panthers defense. I mean, this is a Carolina team that is in a full rebuild mode. I mean, they gave Matt Rule a seven-year contract for a reason. There aren't high expectations early at the gates for the Carolina Panthers. If the Cardinals want to be this team to go from like sub-500 to playoff contender in just a year's time, they got to win games like this. You know, their favorites on the road. We're going to talk to our guy Chad Millman later in the in the podcast, see if he likes the Cardinals. He's been a big Cardinals fan throughout this season early on. We'll see if he likes the cards. We're also going to look into another game that I thought Chad Millman of the Action Network should get into, where the Bears at 3-0 and at home are underdogs. I want to see what Chad Millman's thoughts are on that. Plus, we continue our feud between Q and Chad. <laughs> well, and then we're going to crack the six-pack, Q. I know you've got some three very fascinating games we're going to get into. Why you need to watch them this weekend. And I've got a theme this week, Q. It's they're good, they're bad, and it's going to get ugly. 
I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I think that I, without knowing that theme, I think that my uh, my games could have that theme as well. But I'm, uh, I'm very excited about all of them for multiple different reasons. So, uh, yeah, just excited to get into this show. And on a quick side note, uh, that Cardinal game, I do believe the Cardinals are going to win that game against Carolina. But the one thing I know about Matt Rule as a, a guy who covered him for three years while he was the head coach of Baylor, He'll have that team ready to go. They'll play very difficult, uh, play hard. Uh, they're going to give everything that they got. They're going to fight for that guy. Uh, they might come up a little short, but he'll have that team right at some point. You watch. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how the Cardinals respond to their first L of the season. And if they're going to go up against a team that's going to be prepared and come at them, hopefully Cliff Kingsbury on the other side of things has his team ready to play because I think he made a great point there. Let's get into this. I talked about the ugly Thursday night football on paper, a pair of 0-3 teams, you had third overall pick in Sam Darnold, who is pretty much the Jets' team, and then you had an undrafted free agent quarterback out of Boise State, the pride of Spokane, Washington, Brett Ripon, under center for the Broncos. And I'll tell you what, this came, this game surprisingly delivered for me last night. Yeah, you know, it's funny, man. Uh, on paper, it looked like an ugly game. Everybody was talking about it like, oh, it's going to be a snooze fest. And I, I've been saying for a long time, man, Thursday games always intrigue me because you don't know what you're going to get. And I didn't know what I was going to see when I watched the game. I didn't expect it to be a 37-28 outpouring of points, but uh, that's what it ultimately was. Uh, Denver gets their first victory of the season. The Jets fall. And like you mentioned, Brett Rippon, uh, he had his good moments. He had his really bad moments. But then at the very end of the game, when the Broncos Need him the most. He came up with a big block, a big block to help Melvin Gordon get to the end zone and uh, ultimately put the game away. But a very entertaining game for a Thursday night game for what it was two 0 and 3 teams going at it. If Rippon sounds familiar, he's the nephew of former Washington quarterback Mark Rippon, who won a Super Bowl with Joe Gibbs. He won a Super Bowl MVP with Joe Gibbs. Rippon, of course, he had some he had some bright moments in this contest. He actually outplayed Sam Darnold for most of the game. He goes for 242 yards in the air, two touchdowns, but three interceptions and two in the second half that were crucial. The Jets were able to take one to the house and get back into this contest. Uh, you know, Melvin Gordon goes for 107, that big 43-yard uh, rush to put this game away with under two minutes to play when they were – you thought they were just going to run some clock, and then Rippon <laughs> springs Gordon – and that's the end of this contest. Yeah, and, and again, uh, entertaining game. Uh, it was a it was a game that was entertaining for multiple reasons. One, they were putting up a bunch of points. Uh, they they were playing some good ball at sometimes, but you also saw two teams that couldn't get out of their own way, and so it was kind of entertaining just to see how they were going to figure things out. Uh, of course, the fire Adam Gase conversation uh, came up again well, well before the game ended. Uh, I don't think he's going to make it throughout the whole season. Probably won't even make it to the bye week. And depending on what time you're listening to this on, on a Friday, he might not make it uh, through the rest of today. Yeah, it'd probably be good for you to keep that Locked on Jets podcast just uh, within a hand's reach. Go right. out there. If something does happen, you can get the full breakdown of, you know, it, you never know. I mean, you never know. I mean, a lot of people have itchy trigger fingers these days, and a player, a coach like Gase could be on his way out after losing to a winless Broncos team. There was a big theme throughout this whole contest of the New York Jets' ineptitude. It, it, it was yeah. on full display for about three quarters, and this is just a, a franchise that's staring down another head coaching and front office shakeup. And then also tonight that was on display was – is Sam Darnold going to be involved in the next rebuild? 
Well, I'll tell you, it's a big question. It really is. Sam Darnold, to me, looks like a guy who's lost a lot of confidence. Now, he had a big run, a big touchdown run early in the game, and so he was he was playing well at that moment. But then you kind of just see him, you know, he gets rattled, uh, gets hit, gets knocked out of the game, comes back. He knows, he knows he's fighting for his life, too. I mean, as much as Adam Gase is fighting for his job, Sam Darnold's fighting for his job, too. I don't know if he's going to be the quarterback of the future there in New York. I think that uh, the whole team needs a reset. Uh, they got rid of Jamal Adams in the offseason. They got some quality draft picks for him. Uh, so that's a good starting point. But I always say that you're only as good as your leadership. So if you're going to fire Adam Gase, you also need to fire the guys that hired Adam Gase and make sure that they, they clean out the, the, the offices there and, and really start over, get some good football minds in there because the Jets have been down for way too long. Um, that was a terrible hire when they decided and settled on Adam Gase, and that's exactly what they did, settled for Adam Gase. And um, so not surprised that this is coming to a head at this point and, and that he could be out at any moment. We thought Sam Darnold was going to be out, you know, for the remainder of the game early in the first half. He takes a shot, gets dropped on his throwing shoulder. He has to come out of the game. We get a Joe Flacco appearance in Thursday Night Football. <laughs> he goes two for two with 16 yards. Sam Darnold miraculously comes back into the game. He goes 230 through the air, no touchdowns, no picks. He had the rushing touchdown to open up the scoring. That was a 46-yard. He led the Jets in rushing today, six carries, 84 yards. But, yeah, I think the jury's still out on, on Darnold. I think it's inevitable that Adam Gase is going to be shown the door. You're right. The guys and the decision makers with the Jets also should probably show the door. But this is a vicious circle. It seems like every two to three years now, after they had a pair of back-to-back AFC championship game appearances under Rex Ryan – that this is just how it goes. This is the the circle that they're stuck in, and uh, the Jets need to find the decision maker to get them out of this, and they need to find the X's and O's, the head coach, to maybe usher them out of these uh, these very trying times. Yeah, when you uh, see the camera pan up and down the Jets sideline, and all these players look miserable. And look, winning uh, will, will make you happy. Losing will not. So, yeah, I get it. 0-4 on the season. Uh, you're going to be miserable. But these guys just have a look. Uh, not quite like they've quit yet because they did have a lot of fight throughout the game. Again, uh, it ended up being 37-28. So it wasn't just the, the, the blank show that everyone thought it was going to be. Uh, so these guys were out there fighting and competing. But uh, you could just tell, man, that once they realized that this game was a wrap and they are about to fall to 0-4, uh, it's just the, like the life went out of them. And so when the team starts looking like that, that's when it's time to start start making moves and again it starts at the top and works its way down so you gotta you gotta get the right people in mind that are gonna be pulling the trigger on the head coach and uh you know going into the draft when they do that who the players that they need to get this system right uh greg williams is a good defensive coordinator always has been Uh, i think that he'll at some point take over as the interim head coach for the for the jets when they do eventually fire adam gase uh but this is this is a, a a circus that needs to come to an end yeah, Greg Williams had a cup of coffee as the Browns interim head coach, uh, and they had some success. I mean, that was Baker Mayfield's probably most successful run to date as an NFL quarterback in his rookie season when Greg Williams was the guy calling the shots, you know, in place of Hugh Jackson. But uh, yeah, that, that that's interesting. I, I also got to wonder if this is going to be a Jets team that, and we've seen uh, busier NFL trade deadlines the last couple seasons. If a guy like Jameson Crowder, who had seven catches for 104 yards, if he could maybe go help out a contender this season. Possibly. I mean, there's a lot of guys on that Jets squad that could be uh, on their way out of there by the trade deadline. You just never know, depending on what a team is willing to give up. Um, I actually, honestly, as, as sad as this is going to sound, as weird as this is going to sound, I hope a team trades for Frank Gore. I really do. 
He doesn't deserve – he's a Hall of Fame running back. He doesn't deserve to be there. And I don't mean deserve – like, he doesn't earn it. He, he doesn't he, – he should not have to go through what they're going through in New York. He deserves to be somewhere where he can at least contribute and the team could be at least somewhat good. I would love to see a team make a move for Frank Gore. Yeah, but let me also say this. Uh, you know, Frank Gore, the ageless wonder, incredible what he's done, has no business getting carries for the New York Jets in 2020. Like, you know what you're going to get from Frank Gore. How is there not even a – undrafted rookie free agent that they want to get reps and see what he's all about? That's a good question. Again, you just said Sam Darnold was the leading rusher. That tells you all you need to know. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, that's terrible. They got Le'Veon Bell. He's on IR. Uh, a lot of their skill players on IR. Uh, it's just it's just an absolute dumpster fire. And, and yeah. that's why I'm hoping the team goes and rescues Frank Gore. Honestly, he could give a team five to eight carries a game and just, you know, spell another running back. Just And a, a veteran that knows what he's doing could at least pick up the, a, a block or whatever. I mean, they, he, he could do some things. He could help out a little bit, contribute even at his age. And he doesn't need to be contributing in New York City with the Jets. Real quick, on the other side of things, you know, the Broncos not exactly the example of the, the, the NFL team you want to be these days. They were winless going into this contest but what you saw from the Broncos is much of what you've seen the last couple seasons. If you could get somebody to play that quarterback position at a decent to high level, that this team could get back into contention because, you know, they've got talented guys that carry the football. They've got talented guys in the receiving core. Jerry Judy made an incredible catch yep. uh, for Rippon's first touchdown tonight. Noah Fant, he was uh, unfortunately hurt in this contest, but he's a very talented tight end out of Iowa that's in his second season. And then the defense, you know, Bradley Chubb, and who knows when Von Miller comes back, but there's talent on that defense. I think Rippon showed tonight that he's not the guy. I mean, the 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 odds of that happening were astronomical, but you know, it continues to be, can John Elway find their next quarterback? Well, I mean, you know, I think Drew Locke is the guy. I, I really do. Yeah. He's just got to be healthy. You know what I mean? Like, if he's – and if he is the guy, then they got something cooking there. They're going to have a good defense with Vic Fangio as the head coach. Uh, I think he's still kind of learning that role. He's not quite mastered it yet, but he's learning it. So I think the defense is going to come around and be okay. They have a solid run game when everybody's healthy, but that's another question, not just for the Broncos, but across the league, when everybody is healthy. Because, well, there's a lot of guys banged up all across the NFL right now, and the Denver Broncos are definitely one of those teams that, that have those injuries. So uh, if Drew Locke truly is that guy, who is injured, then, uh, you know, then, then they got something. But it, it, only time will tell. Bo Brock, your boy Q, you've got thoughts on Thursday Night Football. Share them with us on social media. Hit up your boy Q at your boy Q254. Myself, Bo Brock, at Bob Rack. It's Locked On NFL. You can also hit up at Locked On NFL Pods on Twitter for all your thoughts and all the latest news coming out of the league there is news that we're going to update you on as far as the Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers, the first football game that's going to be interrupted, postponed by COVID-19. We'll give you the details. And then we're going to crack our six-pack for this week. It's all coming up. It's Locked On NFL. This season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch the season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. I've got my man cave dialed in. TVs, screens galore. Of course, you got to have chips, but Pepsi's the key. These passionate fans like myself and Q, they're the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. 
Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com. Check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Bo, I got to tell you, and I got to tell everyone who's listening, I got a solution for you on breaking through your wall. And I'm sure right now as I say that, you're like, wait a minute, hold on, Q. We're talking football here. What kind of wall are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about that wall, that wall of energy that you try to have and that, that wall that you try to get through. Built Go can help you do that. It's the healthy replacement for that energy drink that you may have. And, and the good thing about it, the energy is not fake. It's lasting and it's natural. Uh, the folks, the fine folks that brought you Built Bar, we talk about it all the time on the Locked On NFL podcast. Built Bar, great protein bars. Well, they have, they have brought to you Built Go. It's from the same people that have brought you that. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. And collagen protein is fast absorbing and it's easy on the stomach. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Nothing wrong with that at all. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. Uh, basically, it's like drinking a monster or a rock star with a third of the caffeine and better results. They got three delicious flavors that you could choose from, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. Right now, right now, visit BuiltGo.com. If you use the promo code LOCKED, you're going to get 30% off your next order. Promo code LOCKED, 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Segment number two is on the way. All right, here we are back again, Locked On NFL on this Friday. Bo Brock and your boy Q. And, uh, Bo, it is time to get into our six-pack and look at some of the games that we're intrigued by. But uh, before we jump into the six-pack, we got to take a chill for a minute. Before we get into it, get down and dirty and talk about these games that are very, very intriguing to us, we have to talk about uh, the results of COVID, basically. COVID-19, Tennessee and Pittsburgh game was supposed to be played on Sunday. It was reported after Tennessee had a bunch of uh, COVID-19 positive tests. First, it was uh, eight. It was three players and five personnel members. Then it became four players and uh, five or six uh, six personnel players. I think it totaled like 11 total people inside the Tennessee Titans organization. So the game, instead of being played on Monday or Tuesday, is now just going to be postponed. And there hasn't been a date yet of the post, like when it's going to be played. Uh, you know, they haven't come up with that yet. But this is the first time we've seen it. I don't think it's going to be the last one this time uh, this season. But the first game that has been postponed due to COVID-19, what are your thoughts on that? At least they've got some wiggle room as far as the scheduling is concerned. And it's look, this is the the first incident so far this season. And it, it hasn't been, we haven't seen any kind of problems with COVID-19 until now. And I think that the Tennessee Titans, after they got a couple more positives, after the initial positive resa- uh, results, and this is just the right move, you know, getting back in the facility on Saturday, Probably a little too soon. And then, uh, you know, to try to get onto the football field Monday or Tuesday, like what was being kind of knocked around, probably would have put, you know, the players that were going to hit the field, not in, you know, in the way of COVID, but in the way of probably getting hurt on the field as well, because they're not going to be ready to go. So this was just the right move, shut things down. We saw how it played out in Major League Baseball. Uh, you know, I, I was listening to Locked On NFL today and I thought, uh, it was either Anthony Wiggins uh, on the show that made the good point that the media can't freak out on this because when the Marlins came down with this in Major League Baseball, the media kind of freaked out and said, oh, should we just shut down the sport? Well, no, obviously the NFL's been steadfast with, fast with their approach to you know playing a season in a pandemic. 
and uh, they're going to continue that approach. And we just move forward, and it looks like they'll have uh, some opportunities to play this in you know right around week seven or or eight, just depending on how they're going to reschedule you know a couple teams involved. You know, another thing that happened yesterday before we get to the six pack was Marlon Humphrey getting that five year extension. $97.5 million, $66 million guaranteed. And I, I, I'm just still in wow of this 2017 NFL draft class and how much talent's come out of it. You know, Miles Garrett goes number one. You've got Mahomes. You've got Watson, of course. You've got Humphrey now, who's the second highest paid corner in the league. Travis White, he's uh, probably one, arguably one of the better corners in the league. TJ Watt, man, there's a ton of talent in that, that 2017 first round. No, there really is. You know, and Marlon Humphrey is a guy that I really liked a lot coming out of Alabama. Uh, he's a guy who plays very aggressively and gets after it. He's going to he's gonna gamble, and he's going to win a lot. He'll lose some, too, but he's he's a very aggressive defensive back, and, of course, Baltimore would be the place that he lands. Uh, he's got him a nice little spot. They also had two years still left on his contract, so he's really locked in in Baltimore for the next seven years. But, bro, bro the, what, what really stood out to me the most is in this calendar year in 2020, when everyone was talking about how much money was going to be an issue for the NFL. Uh, Byron Jones at one point was the highest paid defensive back when free agency started. He's making about $16 million a year. Now the highest paid defensive back a year is Jalen Ramsey at 21. This has all happened in the same calendar year. Marlon Humphrey just falls right underneath that at 19 point something million every year. But that's amazing that it went from Byron Jones being the highest paid defensive back at $16 million a year to all the way up to $21 million a year in the same calendar year in the year of a pandemic. Crazy. It's crazy. And then Buda Baker, who went in the second round of that same draft, is the highest paid safety. Yep. Only before the same guy that go, you know, in the same draft, Jamal Adams, until he gets his lucrative extension. I'm sure that's on the way soon. He'll probably best Baker for the highest paid safety in the NFL. With that being said, why don't we go ahead and jump into our six pack, talk about what games we think could be money or what games we think will be at least entertaining. Let's go ahead and do that. And I'll actually start things off. I'm pretty intrigued by a guy who I believe right now would be the MVP of the league if it was uh, if it was determined today, which obviously it's not. But Seattle is at Miami. And the reason why I'm so intrigued by this game, Bo, is because of, well, that guy that I just mentioned. Right now, Russell Wilson enters week four as the league's leader in touchdown passes. He has 14 of them and his passer rating is 139 with at least three touchdown passes on Sunday at Miami he will surpass Peyton Manning with 16 touchdown passes in 2013 for the most touchdown passes by a player through his team's first four games of a season in NFL history you know I think it's he's definitely capable of doing it and the Dolphins defense is bad enough for him to easily do it but I don't know I I don't I think Seattle might we might see them kind of turn back to last year's game plan where they just kind of Get a lead and then ground and pound and just get out of South Beach with a W. But then again, I look at their running back core, Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde. They're kind of hobbled right now. You know, could they see, could we see a bunch of carries from Travis Homer or could we see them, you know, kind of run it up a little bit and give their franchise quarterback some love to put his name atop the NFL record books? I'd love to see that. I'm definitely tuning into that contest for sure. Think it's an easy win for the Seahawks? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, no disrespect to Miami. I just think Seattle's a much better team. All right, let's crack my first uh, cold one in the six-pack. And I told you I had a theme this week. And it's, they're good, they're bad, and it's going to get ugly. And let's start with the good. New England at 2-1, and one, visiting the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs at 3-0. and oh. I'm wondering in this contest if Cam and the Pats can keep pace with Mahomes in Kansas City. Nobody's shown so far this season that they can, not even Baltimore. But the evil genius Bill Belichick, if anybody's going to do it, he can do it. But the Patriots' defense, not as quick as it was last year. 
Uh, pretty pedestrian contest in 2019 last December. Chiefs won 23-16. If the Patriots can turn this game into that type of game, lower, lower scoring, they might have a chance. But I got to imagine Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs uh, offense continues to roll. Hopefully it's just as more entertaining than some of the Chiefs games have been early on in 2020. Yeah, I was expecting a lot from that Chiefs-Baltimore Ravens game, and it just didn't live up to what it was expected to be. But this seems like a very intriguing game, like you mentioned. I think the Patriots have an opportunity to go and uh, make some things happen, but ultimately I think Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are just too stinking good. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has really uh, provided a lot for that Chiefs offense that didn't need extra firepower, but he has really been a difference maker, giving them the threat as a running back that they just didn't have before, plus he catches the ball in the backfield. I just think Kansas City is actually gotten better than they were with their Super Bowl team and that's scary the next game we got in the six pack my second one I'm already on to the second one Atlanta at Green Bay no I'm not being mean and evil and I'm not picking this game because I want to see how Atlanta finds the the way to lose I don't want to see them melt down again because well that's all they've done all season long is melt down but I'm so intrigued by Green Bay and the way they've been putting up a lot of points uh, gotten off to a great start so far in the season undefeated and now another challenge for Aaron Rodgers like he needs more challenges he always finds ways to overcome but he has a new challenge Alan Lazard, who just came off a huge game, six catches, 146 yards, and a touchdown, had core muscle surgery and is out indefinitely. Let me tell you, Q, that here's the good news for the Falcons. They're not going to blow a lead in this game. They're not going to blow a big lead because the bad news is they're never probably going to lead this game <laughs> because Green Bay and that high-powered offense that's averaging close to 40 or over 40 points per game, I don't care if Alan Lazard isn't there. I don't care if Devontae Adams isn't there. They're still going to put up and hang a big number, a crooked number on the Falcons, and it's 0-4 for Atlanta to start the season. It's 4-0 for Green Bay to start the season. Let me take over here. Let me go to my next game. And now we're in the bad portion of the good, the bad, the ugly. 0-3 Minnesota versus 0-3 Houston Q. But this is you you know this is an intriguing matchup. Yeah. Because you've got a couple quarterbacks in this contest with marquee names. You've got talented rosters that haven't lived up to expectations. The last time Houston was 0-3, they went 11 and 2 down the stretch in 2018. They made the playoffs. They faced Murderers Row, the Texans did out of the gates. Kansas City, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh combined five and one to start the season. While the Vikings, they hung tough with the Titans last week, but they lost. I love rookie Justin Jefferson for the Vikings. I think he's taking over that Stefan Diggs role. Just emerged last week against Tennessee. But this Vikings defense stinks. Second most points given up, third most yards surrendered. Mike Zimmer's a defensive guy. I think Houston gets their first victory of the season. And uh, who knows what they can get started. But, uh, you know, after facing, you know, arguably, you know, three of the best teams in football out of the gates, they have a chance to get back on track against Minnesota this week. Yeah, I mean, this is a game that's so intriguing because neither one of these teams could afford to be 0-4. I mean, really, you start out 0-4, man, you're, you're putting yourself in a position of no return. And, and both these teams have more pride than uh, than what their record shows right now. Zimmer has a lot of pride as a defensive-minded uh, head coach. And Bill O'Brien sent, well, arguably one of his best players to Arizona out of pride and all other reasons as well. Uh, I actually have them dropping to 0-4 in this game. I think Minnesota's going to find a way to squeak this one out. But either way, man, this is a major game for both teams because neither one can walk away as 0-4. But unfortunately for them... One team is going to walk away 0-4. All right, what's your final game in the six-pack? Well, it's kind of ugly, too. (laughs) I told you we had similar themes. And this one, the Jags at Cincinnati. And, I mean, it's really really pretty easy. (laughs) It's Joe Burrow. 
I'm just really intrigued. Ever since I saw that uh, that Cincinnati and uh, and that Browns Thursday night game a couple weeks ago, I've been intrigued by Joe Burrow. And I know last week he ended up tying with Philadelphia. Uh, but still, I think this guy is really the real deal. Uh, I like to see a young man come into the league and play really well, and he's doing the best he can. He really is, and he doesn't have a whole lot to work with, uh, but still, I just like the, the guy that he is. I like what he brings to the table, and uh, I just enjoy watching him. So uh, for no other reason, absolutely no other reason, there's nothing in Jacksonville that I care to see, but I'm in to, to watch Joe Burrow. Oh, two and one of the Bengals. They tied with the Eagles last week. Was it foreshadowing on our part? Because we brought up the Donovan McNabb against the Bengals. Didn't know the overtime rules that a game could end in a tie. But it it looked like Doug Peterson and Zach Taylor knew the rules. They just played to a tie at the end of the game. Right. The Bengals exactly. need to win this game. The, the Bengals <laughs> need to win. I was looking at their schedule. If they don't win this week, the next time or next winnable game for the Bengals at 0-2-1 is week 11 because they play the Ravens, they play the Colts, they play the Browns, the Titans, and the Steelers. And then in week 11, they'll play the Washington football team. So this, in order to avoid Joe Burrow seeking his first win in week 11, this is a must-win for the Bengals against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, the thing about it is, I don't even care if they never win a game. I just want to see Joe Burrow out there play. You know what I mean? Like, this year is not about wins for for the, the Bengals. It's about developing uh, that young man at quarterback and, and putting a team around him, getting him a solid offensive line. He doesn't have that. I damn near think they need to put him in bubble wrap because his offensive line is very suspect. Joe Mixon, ever since he's got paid, he hasn't done too much from the running back position. But again, going back to the offensive line, it's very suspect. I just, again, I like the young man, and I like the, the fight that he has in him and the want to, and uh, that's going to go a long way. And he's, he's going to be a really good quarterback in this team. It's all about what Cincinnati can put around him in the future. Let me wrap this thing up. It's now time for the ugly in my six-pack of picks. The Battle of the Beltway, the Baltimore Ravens are going to absolutely smash the Washington football team. They're going to be without Chase Young, and Baltimore is angry. There's the narrative that they can't play in big games. This is by no means a big game, but they're just angry from their performance against the Kansas City Chiefs, the 34-20 loss. Lamar Jackson held under 100 yards passing. The narrative that he can't make the throws that are necessary to win the big game continues. Just 97 yards passing. He was their big main source of rushing on the ground, 83 yards. Other than that, you know, Mark Ingram's, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, they both struggled. And as far as his receivers are concerned, he's going to have to have a better performance from those guys. But uh, they, this is a get-right game for Baltimore. They should just smack Washington uh, come Sunday. That's going to be very ugly. Yeah, it really couldn't get ugly quick, fast, and in a hurry. And I think you're right. I think you coined it perfectly. It's definitely a get-right game. Lamar uh, uh, Lamar. Jackson has a lot to prove. Uh, he had a terrible game on uh, on Monday night against the Chiefs. Uh, he needs to go out there, sling the ball around the yard. Obviously, he, he can make it happen with his legs, but uh, he, I think he's going to have a point to prove, and he's going to go out there with a vengeance. So I'm excited to see that game as well, just to see how ugly it's going to get and how quickly it's going to get ugly. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely believe Baltimore wins it, and they win it going away pretty easy, but uh, I, th- I think it's going to get ugly and out of control quickly. There is a team that's 3-0. and that are home underdogs in week four. Does Chad Millman like the Bears at home as dogs? He's going to answer that locked on NFL. He joins us from the Action Network. It's coming up next. Q, I'm not even a car guy, and I made my third purchase the other night from rockauto.com because they make it so simple to search out auto parts, order them, and either 
Do it yourself or have a mechanic that you trust install it. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You go to RockAuto.com, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And here's the thing. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics than do-it-yourselfers. But RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everyone and reliably low. RockAuto.com also offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everyone and does not require membership or account login. Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on NFL and how did you hear about us so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. It's locked on NFL Fridays. Your boy Q, Bo Brock, hanging out here having a blast. We're about to pick some winners. Continue an ongoing feud with Q and our guy Chad Millman <laughs> from the Action Network. He's going to join us as he does every Friday, make us some cold, hard cash. Of course, follow Chad on Twitter at Chad Millman. Check out his podcast, The Favorites, for more insight into NFL Week 4 action, which is going to be in full swing on Sunday. I'm just going to open up the floor to you two because it's always entertaining each and every week to talk some Vegas Raiders. <laughs> I don't I don't mean to do that, Chad. I don't mean to start it off like that. I don't mean to go all the way in with the Raiders, but uh, the Patriots, they covered the spread last week. Uh, matter of fact, they ended up pummeling the Raiders. But uh, what are your thoughts this week? Uh, the Bills at the Raiders, and uh, the Raiders are plus three right now. I don't, I don't hate this spot for the Raiders. Like, if you're talking about – if you're talking about sort of the best opportunity, if you are are convincing yourself that you want to bet on the Raiders because you are a sad Raiders fan from the Bay Area and you're just tenuously holding on to the connection to a team that has left you once again, uh, this isn't this isn't a horrible spot because what you have is a Bills team that you know came back in a dramatic way and beat the Rams when it seemed like they had won it and then they were out of it. And you got a Raiders team that after beating the Saints in a really big way on primetime and Monday Night Football, then they go out and they get shellacked by the by the Patriots in a score that looked that made the game look closer than it really was. So there's a pretty big variance in terms of how the public is viewing the Bills right now who are undefeated and Josh Allen being sort of a QB1 to a lot of people. And the Raiders, who are still a middling team that, you know, has a sort of nondescript offense and not much of a personality. So I think the Delta is right to bet on the Raiders. And I tend to like short home dogs as well. The truth is, if you like the Raiders at this number, you might as well bet them on the money line. Because a game this close, then it's just as good a chance they're going to win as they'll cover. We're talking to our guy, Chad Millman, of course, the favorites, the Action Network. He's here to make us some cash, as he does each and every week. And an interesting spread is a home team that are dogs in their 3-0, talking about the Chicago Bears with new starting quarterback Nick Foles hosting the Indianapolis Colts. What are your thoughts on this contest? This one is crazy. Cannot figure it out. The Colts have a great defense. Totally know it. But the Bears' defense is pretty good, and the Bears have playmakers at every level, right? Like, they have playmakers at the defensive line. They have playmakers at linebacker. They have playmakers in the secondary. So Nick Foles becomes the question mark. Is Nick Foles going to be the guy who couldn't beat out Mitch Trubisky in training camp? Or is Nick Foles going to be the guy who comes in as a whirlwind backup and wins the team over and gets everybody rallying behind him? 
I am betting, literally betting, that it's going to be the latter of the two Nick Foles. Um, the Bears as home dogs against the Colts team and Phillip Rivers, who I just don't think is playing very well. And you don't get credit for playing amazing when you're playing against the Jets. You just get the win because that's what you're supposed to get. So I love their defense, but I'm just thoroughly unimpressed with their offense. Uh, so give me the Bears. A game that I'm really, really intrigued by, Chad, is uh, the Browns and Cowboys. Dallas is at home. They put up a lot of points, but they also struggle to stop teams from scoring. And uh, the, their their ground defense, their rush defense is not very good. And that's what the Browns do really, really well. Uh, right now, the Browns are getting four and a half points. Uh, what are your thoughts in this game? Yeah, you nailed it. Like, I love the Browns here. Um I think that their ground game and like, I, you know, when they played the Bengals and we spoke a couple weeks ago when we were heading into Thursday night football with the Bengals and the Browns and like the Browns played great and they ran all over the Bengals and everyone was sort of praising Kevin Stefanski and saying, this is the offense that he's trying to build. And it sort of was hollow because they're playing the Bengals and like, you don't get to be a hero because you ran for 200 yards against the Bengals, but they then did really well against the team from Washington. And they th- that team actually has a pretty good defense. And, uh, you know, even with Chase Young leaving the game, they've got a really good defensive line. And so I was kind of impressed with with what they did. And they made Dwayne Haskins look really uncomfortable uh, after he had done pretty well for two straight weeks. So um, I don't see how the Cowboys stop anybody here. And even if they do, I don't see it as being a blowout game. I like the I like the number on this game. A team that won both you and I some money in the first two weeks, but fell flat last week were the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray. They go across the country, something they were kind of infamous for not performing at for several years. It looks like they've kind of changed that narrative. But do you expect the Arizona Cardinals to rebound against the rebuilding Carolina Panthers this week? It looks like they're uh, favorites by three and a half. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard number for me. I really want to back the Cardinals. Um, but same principles apply to the Panthers and sort of home dogs, as we talked about with the Raiders. Like three points, I tend to like backing short home uh, dogs. And I, as we know, I've been on the Panthers all three weeks, and but I don't. And I've been on the Cardinals all three weeks, so this is sort of a Sophie's choice for me. I'm probably going to pass on this game because I don't. I don't love the number. How about this one? This one, to me, I mean, there's so many different storylines in this game. The Eagles at San Francisco, two teams that are very much banged up. San Francisco has a lot of guys not participating this week, and the Eagles are kind of a mess, haven't won a game yet, uh, even found a way to tie last week. And the Eagles are plus seven right now. What would you do with this game, and and should you do anything with this game? Oh, yeah, you got to hold your nose and just bet the Eagles. Um, Like the the, the Delta, again, we talked about this with the the, uh, Raiders, the delta on the number between what it should really be and what it is uh, is so high right now because the 49ers keep winning even though they're missing half their team and the Eagles can't seem to get five yards in order to kick a game-winning field goal. And so I think what you're getting here is a decent size of value on what the, uh, on the Eagles. And so it's, it's a hard one but I'm probably going to take the Eagles. Eagles, you like them plus seven against the Niners. You like Vegas this week at plus three. If you're a sad Raiders fan, you can't give up on them. <laughs> hey, look, Miami. man, we, there ain't no such thing as a sad Raider fan, man. Raider fans go hard in the paint. I just want you to know. Huh. 
I felt like saying sad Raiders fan is probably redundant. <laughs> oh, Chad. <laughs> and the battle wages on, rages on. It will continue into next week, that's for sure, in the rest of the season. So will Chad Milliman joining us here from the Favorites, the Action Network, each and every Friday on Locked On NFL. Make sure you're following him on Twitter, at Chad Millman. Chad, let's win some money this week, my man. Thanks, fellas. Take care. Well, Bo, I guess me and Chad are going to continue to go back and forth, back and forth each and every week. I don't know if this could ever stop, man. I'm having too much fun kind of giving him the business, and clearly he likes to give me the business too. Yeah, he came hot out of the gates, (laughs) throwing some shade at you and your Raiders this week, Q, and it's one of the things I look forward to, uh, along with uh, some great insight as far as where to put the smart money this weekend. Yeah, it it is. It's a lot of fun, and and like I said, man, I just like to have fun with it, and that's what uh, myself, you, and uh, Chad, we all do each and every Friday here on uh, Locked On NFL. It's a lot of fun to to get together and and do this each and every week and and help uh, make everyone some money, you know, not only ourselves, but help make everyone some money. No doubt about it, and some fun games to throw some shekels down on this weekend some interesting games as we kind of laid out in the six pack and we need it after last night yeah exactly exactly right that's gonna do it for your boy q bo brock here on locked on nfl make sure you're following us on twitter at your boy q254 at bob rack and of course follow along at locked on nfl pods on twitter tune in to peter brukowski for a full recap right here on this very podcast come monday have a great rest of your weekend enjoy the games